Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Hi, everyone. Hope you're all doing really well today. Hopefully, you have been trying one or two very doable for you thought work and or behavior strategies on a daily basis this past week to get you uh, closer and closer to your goals and dreams and living the life you want to be living. Remember that change comes when we make the smallest changes to our thoughts and behaviors on a daily basis. Today, we are going to discuss exercise or training and why more is not always better for weight loss and often less is more when we're talking about weight loss. I'll talk to you about how to decide if you should actually lessen your exercising, your training, if you're trying to lose weight, if you should move a bit more for weight loss and health, um, if you don't have an exercise plan in place, if you should possibly not start one right now with your weight loss goals, and a few other ways to assess what your needs are to lose weight. There are reasons that... um, Many athletes who run marathons, ultra marathons, triathlete athletes, long endurance competitors, or even people who train in the gym two plus hours a day will still often be overweight. Why is this? You know, we come from this um, culture of knowledge that, you know, moving more, exercising more, training more um, helps us burn more calories and therefore uh, we should be losing weight and getting leaner. But that is definitely for the majority, not the case. Um, Most of these uh, amateur athletes, athletes run hours and hours every day to train and then, um, you know, can be on their bike or um, on their legs in a race that lasts 12 to 48 hours or even more with ultra competitions and yet still be overweight. So what's the deal? You know, if it was true that the more we exercise, the more calories we burn, the more weight we lose, then they're burning thousands and thousands of calories like their wearables tell them, or maybe the readout on the treadmill tells them. Um, And there's no way they could consume more calories than what they're burning in a day. So you know, for sure, they should all be super lean and really skinny, but many, many are not. And you might be one of these people. You exercise and or train for hours upon hours, hours, and, and yet you can't lose those last 20, 10, five pounds. So what's the deal? And these are the things we are going to talk about today. There are a few things at work here. One is that you simply cannot outrun your fork. So what I see a lot, and I have experienced this myself, you work out like crazy, you run for hours, you spend hours on the bike, you spend hours in the gym trying to get those 10 pounds off, or you train this way because you compete in marathons, triathlons, or endurance competitions. The one I see most often in my practice are runners, so I'm going to use that for an example. 
So, you know, you think you did a two hour run or you, sorry, you did do a two hour run and you think, you know, well, I burned 2000 calories because your wearable tells you this or your treadmill readout tells you this. So first of all, first issue is that your wearable is not completely accurate. Bigger issue is that the readouts on treadmills and um, machines in the gym and, and those sorts of things, they are always way off. Your wearable is going to be a little bit better, but you know if you're looking at a readout on a treadmill or something like that, those are way, way off. So either way, um, you know, you walk away from your workout thinking, yeah, you know, I burned 2,000 calories. I'm for sure going to drop weight. Problem is later throughout the day and into the next day and the next, you eat even more than you normally would have without that workout. And then you have, you know, also maybe unbearable cravings or incredible hunger and you start eating and feel like you can't stop. Or you decide since you burn 10,000 calories, you have this thought that you have sort of this, um, you know, you've banked these calories and so you can overeat. And so you think, yeah, now I can eat an extra 2000 calories today and I still won't gain weight. This is what I mean when I say you can't run out, outrun your fork. The food you take in, the extra food will always create more fat stores. Um, this is like, you know, it's kind of psychological. You think you can eat extra food because you exercised extra. So you eat those extra 2000 calories, but the problem is you really didn't burn 2000 calories in the way that we think we burn calories. And then you ate 3000 calories, you know, you, over the next few days. So you're going to gain weight or at the very least, maybe maintain your weight, but definitely not going to lose. But beyond this psychological sort of thinking error, we, we know that we all burn a specific amount of calories every day, pretty much no matter what. So this has been shown with some very um, pretty recent research. One study showed that children can only burn a limited amount of calories in a day. This, this was published, by the way, um, in the Science Advances Journal, if you want to check out the full study. Researchers found physically active children burn the same amount of calories in a day as those who didn't move as much. Uh, one study published in Current Biology stated that there might be a physical activity sweet spot whereby too little can make one unhealthy, but too much drives the body to make big adjustments to adapt, thus sort of constraining that total energy expenditure. Meaning, you know, you're still, no matter your exercise output, no matter what, you're still going to expend the same amount of energy on a daily basis. The researchers measured the daily energy expenditure and activity, activity levels of more than, um, it was over 300, I think it was 330 or 335 adults from across five different countries across Africa and North America in the course of a week. And they found that phys physical activity has a really, really weak influence on daily energy expenditure, but um, only among subjects on the lower half of the physical activity spectrum. So people with moderate activity levels had higher daily energy expenditures, about 200 calories more, than the most sedentary people. So if you're a moderate exerciser, you probably are burning in general about 200 more calories than someone of your same age, size, um, you know, that are totally sedentary. However, people who did more than moderate activity 
had nothing to show for it in terms of increasing the amount of energy that they expended. So if you are over-exercising for you, you're still only going to burn those extra 200 calories. Um, Another study that's getting talked a lot about in the nutrition world right now, Hazda tribe study, the Hazda or hunter-gatherer tribe out of Tanzania. They are much more active daily than our culture is. So one would think they're burning many more calories than we are here in the U.S. in our sedentary lifestyle. And their extra daily activity is what keeps them lean. But this is not so. Measurements showed that the Hazda burn the same amount of calories in a day as we do here in our very sedentary culture. So humans have a ceiling on their daily caloric expenditure. If you are burning calories in the gym or exercising, the body goes, yeah, you just burned 1,200 calories in the gym, so we're not going to do much more today because we're not burning any more calories. We spend calories there in the gym, so we're not going to burn the calories here in our the rest of our daily life. So you work out for two hours and then you might find you have to take a nap or you sit on the couch more than you normally would if you hadn't worked out for two hours the the rest of the day. Or normally you might tap your foot as you sit at your desk and now you don't do that. These these are often really unconscious things. Or or maybe you've planned to go to the to go grocery shopping after work, and which means you'll be walking around and moving, but because you worked out those two hours, you're exhausted and you're like, eh, I'll go tomorrow. So you don't know that's why you're shifting your activity plan, but the brain knows and it's doing that to conserve that energy. Uh so I really want to break here just I want you to hear me here. I am not saying you shouldn't exercise. Please understand that. Exercise is definitely, exercise and movement, it is so important for our overall health. So so if you can do some exercise, you know, you really do want to for health purposes. But understand, exercise will not necessarily help you lose weight. In a nutshell, we know that exercising in the right way has many, many health benefits, but weight loss is not one of them. So we we really, and this is in general terms for our society who is, you know, very, very obese and unhealthy, our kids, um, all the things that I, you know, that I really am on a mission to change. So understanding that energy expenditure um you know, does not go along necessarily with obesity. So, you know, we need to get better at disassociating obesity with exercise. We need to separate the two. If we're going to fight overweightness and unhealthiness, it's only going to happen from really changing the food environment, from, from working on what we eat. And also understand that energy expenditure does vary by the size of the person. So larger people do burn more than smaller people. How old you are will also depend on how many calories is expended in a day. In general, not saying this is for everyone, in general, younger people will burn more calories or expend more energy in a day than older people. Um, Gender differences is also part of it. Typically, in general, males will burn a bit more in a day than females. So just also something to think on there. Really, if you think about your brain and body is so smart. 
Your brain knows how much energy you expend in a day and how much it will only spend in a day for you and your individuality, your uniqueness. So if you over-exercise, it sends out signals, hormones, etc., to get you to stop moving as you maybe normally would in a day if you had not over-exercised. So your NEAT, you know, the NEAT stands for non-exercise thermogenesis. Um, you know, it really starts to make you back off on, on that. It will keep you from doing the yard work you would have normally done, or it will keep you from playing with your kids that you would have normally done if you had not over-exercised. It will also shift your leptin and grillion, 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 oh, I can never say that word, hormones, and those are your hunger and satiety hormones. So you're going to find if you over-exercise, if you over-train, you will more likely be very hungry and you will find it very difficult to say no to that extra portion of dinner or that extra serving of chips or popcorn or ice cream uh, in the evenings. So hopefully you have now grasped this understanding that working out with the intention to lose weight will not work, especially over time. And in fact, if you go beyond sort of that sweet spot that one study talked about, if you go beyond the sweet spot of exercising, you will start to gain weight while having to continue to work out at that high level. And you know, this is a real personal example for me. And at some point, I'll make an episode sharing some of my last two-year struggle with recognizing what my over-exercising was doing to me and my health and my body. Um, just, and you know, to kind of summarize a little bit, I, you know, I really ended up having to reverse diet uh, for a couple years, um, which I'm almost to the end of that, thank goodness, um, in order to correct a major thyroid issue I created by over-exercising, under-eating, and then overeating and that sort of pattern. Um, I am still at the tail end of that reverse dieting, and it, it's not easy um, doesn't feel great to put on weight as slowly as possible when you've always been trying to lose weight um, in order to correct health and body composition when, you know, really all you want to do is be lean and mean. <laughs> but, you know, I'm committed to the process and the timeline. So a few more months, a few more pounds on, and then I can start getting back um, to getting more lean and, and the body that I really feel most comfortable in but to be in it in a much healthier way. My point is, if you put yourself into this space, thinking that the more you work out, the more you can eat and or the more body weight you will lose, you are wrong. And you will deal with major health and metabolic consequences if you keep this up over time. So let's talk about what you should be doing in regards to exercising and movement. Because remember I said, it is actually really, really important for our health. I'm not saying you shouldn't exercise or move. But you may be spending all your time, this is an example that I see a lot in endurance, and also because my personal world, but spending all your time in endurance exercise or you know, you're know you doing HIIT training every day. And I'm not going to say the name of the big, um, you know, uh, <laughs> box type workouts that go on because I'll probably get in trouble for, for the trademark name, but I think y'all kind of know what I'm talking about. So, you know, if you're into HIIT training every day um, or you're not doing any strength training, um, this is all a big mistake if you're doing this for weight loss. If weight loss is, is your goal, if body composition is your goal, 
taking away um, lots of those sort of, you know, what's called dead zone cardio hours. Uh, and by the way, this dead zone, incl- dead zone, by the way, um, you know, is the level of uh, aerobic capacity you're kind of putting out there. Um, and it's labeled dead zone because this is where, you know, you're working pretty hard. It's tough, but you're actually not really burning fat, right? Um, it, it really leads to this this type of working out in that dead zone really leads to no recovery. Um, you know, a lot of things I've talked about, there can be thyroid issues. A lot of health issues come into place here. So if, if you, um, you know, are working out as hard as you can all the time, you know, every day, you are actually in that dead zone. You may feel like you're working super, super hard, but if you're doing it every day, there's no way you're in that dead zone. So um, super hard as you can workouts should be kept to one a week. And uh, depending on your individuality, but I'm talking in general here, and replacing those workouts, the endurance workouts, the the aerobic work, workouts, the cardio workouts with more strength training sessions, um, are, is going to actually help because it's going to give you more muscle, which burns more fat, gives your body shape and creates leanness. It's, it's a great way to shift your metabolic state and create lo- a long-term ability to keep extra weight off. Um, also, by the way, that's why I am always huge on protein and, and building muscle, especially as we age. Okay. Another thing, walking works really well because it is great for burning fat and it doesn't exhaust the body. And so you will most likely continue with your normal NEAT output throughout the day. Remember, NEAT is that non-exercise thermogenesis. It's all the movements you would normally do in your day unconsciously. So tapping your foot, standing up, sitting down, moving body parts, playing with your kids, yard work, grocery shopping, walking the dog, cleaning the house. Uh, Walking doesn't trigger brain reactions to send up cravings and hormones. By the way, if you want to take your walking up a notch, do it while nose breathing only. I'll I'll discuss this in depth on another episode, but there is so much benefit from nasal breathing only while walking. Here's a little bit of a nuance with all of this. If you love to do cardio, if mentally it is beneficial for you, like I love, this is so, I love to ride my bike long and far. And if I could ride all days, most days I would, it's a passion of mine. I get to be outside in nature. It brings me joy, um, Or, you know, maybe you love, this used to be me, not anymore, but if you love to compete. So if you love to compete in, um, you know, well, mine used to be mountain bike racing, but for many people it's marathons or ultra marathons or triathlons, you know, those long endurance uh, competitions, I would say then do it. But bring with you the understanding that you don't have to train near as much as you might think you do. And you do not uh, need to do these things things, um, simply because you think it's going to get you to a lower body weight or body composition because it won't. Only do these things if it brings you joy and you love it. There is a difference of longevity and weight loss versus placing first in the Ironman or having eight pack abs, like I always talk about. I, I am often telling clients, you know, I get that you want eight pack abs and we can get you there for a period of time. 
But for most people, eight pack abs and, and coming in first in the Ironman is not the same as remaining lean and healthy throughout your lifespan. For most of us, they are not compatible. Most of us without that one in a hundred thousand genetics to have both health and longevity along with eight pack abs and 6% body fat, we, most of us have to make a choice at different stages in life. Do I want to train and diet for super leanness and, and to be at the height of my sport performance? Or am I at a time in life where I want to eat and train and move for longevity and health? Most of us have to determine where we're at with that. What are our goals? And I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just really important to know where you're at and what your value system is around that, what your goals are at this time and place. Here's, here's a real world example um, of what I just talked about. I have worked with many, many amateur marathon runners over the years with my health coaching, with my weight loss coaching, and almost every single one came to me to get their running times better and to lose weight. So the first thing I did and still do with all of them is I lessen the amount of time in a week that they are running. So in order to get them better times, but because also their goal is weight loss, I actually lessen the amount of time that they are running. I may increase their time doing straight um, strength training instead. And then I will also often add in a couple of sprinting protocols. And along with this, we overhaul their eating. So every time I work with some, someone doing long distance runs or, or rides and they show me their food log, every single one has been eating too much to lose weight. They are eating so much because they are running too much. When I get their exercise under control, their cravings, their urges, uh, the need to overeat goes away, and we find them this really beautiful balance of upping their sport performance while creating the body composition they so desire. In my experience, when, when I, in my personal experience, when I start riding more towards the end of every spring, the weather's getting nicer, um, it's time to start riding, I'll initially drop a few pounds quite quickly. And by the way, I'm 47. So back in my early 30s, I would quickly drop more like six to eight pounds. It does change as we age on some levels. Anyway, those initial pounds fall off. But after a month or so, and as summer approaches, I'm riding even more miles, but the weight comes back. So those initial few pounds that I dropped when I started riding, even though I'm starting to ride more and more miles, more and more, working out more and more, all those things, the weight comes back after about three months. Um, this is without mindfully changing eating habits, but this is just another example of how our bodies have that sweet spot. More is not better. So just to sum it up, move frequently at a very slow pace, do it a lot, do it often, lift, strength train, build your muscles. You can do this through body weight, um, weightlifting as you progress is even better. And then sprint or do HIIT training once in a while, maybe once a week if you're somewhat adapted to it, maybe just twice a month. Exercise and movement is really important for our mental and physical well-being. It really is. And we have to find our sweet spot in order to keep our weight and health optimized. 
So here are a couple uh, practical strategies that I like to give you in every episode, things that you can actually put into place this week. Here's the thought strategy. If you work out, if you exercise, and you find your brain telling you something like, well, you worked out, and so you burned some extra calories, so now you can eat that extra donut, talk back to your brain and remind it that this is not true, and stick to your normal eating habits. Here's your behavior strategy to try. Three days this week, walk for 20 minutes, nasal breathing only the entire time. So only breathe in and out through your nose the entire time. Three days, 20 minute walk. These are two small, pretty doable strategies for most people that will get you on the path to health and the body that you desire. I'm gonna wrap it up there. I just want to say thanks for taking the time to listen and to be here in this space with me. I I really do appreciate your support through listening um, and and all your uh, messages to me and that you're enjoying the podcast and learning a lot from it. Kind of makes my day when I get those. Uh, You know, I really am on this health and well-being mission for all of us and our children as well. And you listening uh, really... um, you know, just really feels good and and feels like there's a reason that I'm putting all this out there. If you found anything useful from this episode, would you please take the time to subscribe to this podcast? Leave a five-star review if you're willing. Um, Also, would you share it with someone you think it might be helpful for um, just passing the message along. All of those things actually help me keep the episodes rolling out and continuing to share information like this from this platform. Uh, thank you so much for supporting it and, uh, just being here. Remember to thank your own self for being willing to consider making small changes in your life to get you closer to your goals and dreams. Those small daily, those small daily changes and habits that you start to implement really do make a huge difference can head over to my social media for more resources. You can find me on Instagram at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. Um, always feel free to direct message me if you have questions, um, you know, anything related to well-being and weight loss. Sorry, that is my cat freaking out in the background all of a sudden. Um, and I also have a recipes only page for high protein recipes at Peak Protein Recipes on Instagram. And of course, um, my website, heatherheinen.com, is where you can get all the information on how I take a deeper dive on all this stuff um, with my clients through um, coaching. Um, I do a lot of online coaching. I also run you know, an in-person therapy uh, business, um, but right now I do a lot of um, you know, Zoom, phone calls, all those sorts of things. Um, anyway, head to the website. You can check out all my programs that I have laid out there. You can see the costs. I have, I'm upfront with all that stuff. Um, give you a lot of detailed information on how I do this work with clients. I hope you have a great week. I hope you really are willing to take on either the thought or behavior strategy that I offered um, in this episode. It's really going to help you lose your weight for good, improve your health, and live the life you've been dreaming about in the body you've been dreaming about. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode 
and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.